to another episode of We Did That Shit Podcast, where we talk about who did some shit, what we learned from shit, and how we got through some shit. I'm Maya. And I'm the B. Podcast family, we appreciate you. And we hope your week was the shit. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. If you enjoy our company, please subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. We're on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, Spotify, and Anchor. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at We Did That Shit. Hey. Hey. <laughs> I had to be more upbeat. I, I realized I'm like, hey. Right. <laughs> What's up, Mai? What's going on with you? Hey, Mai. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about him the other day. I can't wait till we go to New Orleans. It's getting closer. Mm-hmm. So, Ain't got so nothing much, going on. Nothing. How was your week? Ain't got no tickets. Oh, okay. We got a place to live, though. Got a place. Ain't got no plane. I know. My just, let me tell you something. And my plane ticket, my 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 flight because because July fourth is on the Thursday. Mm-hmm. I gotta go past New Orleans. <laughs> right. To New Orleans. <laughs> right. Because my flight is sold out. My the flight that I usually take going. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't Mine know. Mine too. I'll get all that stuff taken care of on a weekend because I'm telling you, this week at work, I feel like I worked eight twelves straight. You got your you date. You really worked for your pay today. I mean, this week. First of all, my pay, day pay, and my <laughs> pay. I was like, yeah, no. Mm-mm. This is, but you know what? Help somebody, you know? And that's what, I, at the end of the day, that's what it's about for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was not just him, like this one particular person, um, but it was just a lot going on, like all, like all of these things going on. And for whatever reason, people, this is, I think this is like, um, we talk about, what we learned from shit and how we got through some shit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you some benefits of being raised in the hood, being a latchkey kid, growing mm-hmm. up with single parent or whatever. You know, you learn how to figure some shit out. You and do. quick. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> and thoroughly. Right. You, mm-hmm. I mean, your problem solving skills be on 10 mm-hmm. because you know, if you know you got to get home from where you was and you knew you shouldn't have been there, no way, and you got to get this stuff, you know what I mean? Your your logic starts to kick in. You know, that problem solving is it. So a lot of times people come to me for those things. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. but B, I know what to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But then, but B, being nice, but I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, then I take on something else. But this week it was just like everybody, you know, even if I helped or whatever, everybody pitched in. Like we all worked. Oh, y'all was a the real team, team this week. The whole, y'all, the whole team worked like okay. the whole, this. And we still got another day to go. Like everybody, when we left today, everybody was just looking at each other like, 
I hope we can make it tomorrow. Right. <laughs> See you tomorrow. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. But I mean, but people are being helped and, you know, it was progress. So to me, that's always good. But I really, you know, I feel a shift. I really feel a shift. Like, you know, come in here, kick ass because it's almost time to go. Like, I think that the opportunities are going to start coming really soon. But I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm not seeking real, real hard. And I mean, I'm a little, you know, maybe glancing, you know, right. perusing. Uh-huh. You know, I'm not really seeking hard. I, I don't want to go before God. You know, I'm very spiritual in those things. You mm-hmm. know, what I mean? sometimes there's a lesson to be learned. Lord, if it is, please show me so I can do my time and go. <laughs> But do my time. That's a shame when your job got to start sounding like you in the pen. I need to do my time and go. I'm counting down the days, crossing out the days on the calendar. What they say, um, uh, three more wake ups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, as they say in the pen, only two days count. It's the day you walk in and the day you walk out. So that's what you got to think about. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, it's a progress. That's always good. You can help somebody. But I'm telling you, we work like dogs this week. Mm. So how was your week? I wasn't working like a dog at all. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, when I hear your stories about work, I just be like, <laughs> I remember that life. <laughs> but then somebody rescued me and I knew there was right. a God. <laughs> yes. So I don't have that going on. But speaking of teams, a funny thing happened to me at work. And, you know, I never have no work stories like that. But a funny thing happened at work. So, you know, one of the people on my team I don't like. Right, right. I'm I'm not fond of her, you know, but she had she got sick. And then she left for a time. And then when she came back, she was just like a totally different person. And I think that um, because I never I never knew like, you know, what she was sick from or anything. I just knew that she was leaving for a time and she had to be out. And that was that. Mm -hmm. And so when she came back, it was like she had a totally different way of being. So she was just death. No, she wasn't sick unto death, but she, it turned out that it was serious. It was like right. a serious must, It must have been, because that's what changes people. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. I thought that she was just going out, like, on some, I don't know, random. Right. You know, I got to have a procedure. I'll Clearly, you didn't care at all, because I didn't even know she was out, but go ahead. Right. So, <laughs> because I, it was so peaceful while she was out, I just failed to mention it, you know. I feel that. And so, and she's not even, like, one of your worst co-workers right, though. Right. but um anyway when she came back she just had a totally different attitude and so I like her a little bit more now mm-hmm. but it's always something that she does that makes me be like ah that's why I ain't like yes you know <laughs> but um the other day I'm in my office you know she sits like out in a cubicle and I can see her cube like from where I'm sitting at and somebody else. Now, you know, we work for the government. So it's mm-hmm. like four of us, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then my boss that makes fives and that's it. So right. somebody was walking by from the company and they were like walking up on her desk and I felt real protective, like, cause she wasn't at her desk. She had went to lunch and I'm like, what the hell are they doing? Like, why are they walking up on her desk? And so I'm like, can, 
you know, me and my other coworker was sitting, he was sitting in my office and we were talking like, can we help you? Did you need something from her desk? They're like, oh no, I didn't know that she went to the college that she went to. Cause her degree mm-hmm. was like on a wall and they were like, so shocked. Like, you know, you know how they do like, oh, right. y'all went to college. Right. Oh, you can read. Really? Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was one of them type of moments, but But it just made me realize when you said something like, oh, the team, we all pitched in. It made me realize, like, no matter how much I don't like you, Mm -hmm. if you on my team. Right. It's us. I'm a ride with you. Right. Right. (laughs) It really, I was laughing to myself. And then me and my coworker, who's my friend, we was Mm -hmm. laughing because he was like, "Mm -hmm, look at you. Just when you think you ain't like her. I said, it ain't got nothing to do. With not liking her when you mm-hmm. on a team and you black, so you right. know, and and the other person wasn't, so you know I was like, what's the deal, you know? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I'm a ride for us. I can separate riding for a person and whether I like you. Like I could ride for you and then go back to not liking you. And I realized that about myself. So it was just like a funny. I can. I can. Like, I will be out there if we got to do whatever we got to do. I'm going to be out there. And then the next day, I'm probably going to, I can't stand that bitch. But Mm -hmm. at the time where it happens, I'm going to be with you. And so that was just a realization that I had of myself. And it was just a funny thing that happened at work. So other than that, my week was regular. I ain't really do much. You know, I hung out a little bit this weekend. Every weekend when I say, I'm a chill, I ain't doing nothing. I'm always doing something. Coming mm. late night, out drinking, you know, living life. Guess what? What? Me too. Oh, what you was doing? I went out last night. You did? I did. Me, Kimmy, <laughs> me, Kimmy Eva, and Lex. Yeah, me, Kimmy, Eva, and Lex. I was tore down too. you know, work. Eva. Oh, uh. <laughs> oh, y'all had fun? Yeah. <laughs> we went to um because Kimmy texted me talk about um I'll be at the Sixth Street Lounge at 5 30. Sixth Street Lounge? Yeah, she was like, I'll be there at 5 30. Come on. And I was like, Oh, all right, you know, and I come home because I, I was leaving work on time because Deja was home and I didn't want to, you know, I didn't st- Stay late any day because I wanted to spend all the time with her that I could. And um, but she was going out with her friend, and um, I was like, all right, I'll see what I can do. She gonna talk about make it happen. Yeah. Went to Sixth Street. Yeah, but you know they have food there by these um these can't the food is good. A guy reviewed it. This guy who re- does restaurants, or whatever, he reviewed it on YouTube or whatever, and stuff was looking delicious. And I had the crab balls, and they were good. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 Bree's mom's. Um, first cousin that does the cooking down there. Okay. Yeah, but I'm I'm it's saying I, so I know. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. I, so I know. I you seen know a, I seen a, um, and everything. I saw like a fifty pound bag of panko. I was like, oh, this is what's up. Right. Yeah, like oh, he knows okay. he's doing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, we cooled out. I'm not going to tell you how many uh, grandma yays I had, but I will tell you one thing. I, I sure did. And you know what? I keep saying it all the time. Like, I don't judge anybody because, first of all, a toxic work environment will make you drink. And I'm telling you, you be feeling better. You just be like, fuck it. 
And this is the it's the quickest way to turn into a damn alcoholic before you know it. You come home, you like, you know what? I just need a glass of wine to soothe me. Or I just need a little grand mine to you know, just calm me down. And the next thing you know, you sipping and sipping and sipping right into alcoholism. Because like last Friday was the first Friday that I didn't stop by Wegmans and get me the six pack of my wine. Because yeah. I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm looking at my recycle bin and it's full of these wine bottles. And I was like, wait a minute now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, hold up. This is ridiculous. But um, yeah, I went out, had a nice time. And you know, I've been up since four o'clock because I had to take Deja to um, the shuttle. She went back home this morning. Oh. Oh, y'all had a nice visit, though. We did. We had her. And I'm really, really proud of her. I am very proud of her. She didn't do hardly anything while she was home, which was her norm. But, you know, she was trying to get adjusted to the time difference. You know, but we had some good conversations. And there, she when she's not up under me, she flourishes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I asked her, I said, well, Deja, when do you want me to come visit? She was like, come in the summertime, mom, because all the beaches and this and that and whatever. And I was like, okay. She's like, you want me to buy your ticket? What? Exactly. I was like, yep. Yes. <laughs> and then I was like, well, hold up. No, because she'll be having me with eight layovers and uh, <laughs> catching shuttle buses to the mm. train. And I was like, I was like, all right. And she was like, no, because it's probably going to be less expensive if I yeah, buy it. If from she buys it. Uh-huh. Here. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I was like, yeah, but fly me from Philadelphia. I'm not coming all the way to New York. It's not that big of a difference. Full circle. That's when life comes full circle. Full circle. Isn't it? I was when, so when proud of When your kids her. start taking care of you. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I was very happy. Well, that's good. I'm I'm glad she got home safe and uh, she had a good visit. So who did some shit this week? Well, let me start with the recaps. Okay. So the most recent recap was, remember we said, I don't know if it was last week or the week before when um it was lawyering while black. Yes. The, Har- the Hartford County Sheriff in Maryland, Hartford County, Maryland, when the sheriff officer after the case was um, adjudicated and the attorney won what he was asking for for his client. He was leaving the courtroom and a sheriff officer came up to him and, you know, insinuated that he was in fact not an attorney, but he was the plaintiff in the case saying that he was impersonating a lawyer and would not let him leave until he proved that he was actually an attorney. And they had to like literally call his job and his job said, yes, you know, he is the representation. Mm -hmm. So there was a full investigation. The attorney did secure a lawyer himself for the case. But after the investigation, the Hartford County Sheriff's Office says that the result of the investigation was that it was the, in fact, the attorney's fault that this happened. And if anyone deserves an apology, it's the sheriff's officer (laughs) said that if he would have had his bar card on him, this would have never happened, but he shouldn't have never even been asked to show his bar card. Nobody asked him. And the case was over. The judge had already ruled he was leaving. And the man, I was about to say, wasn't the man just walking out and the sheriff's office officer approached him? Right. Being Mm. smart. 
Right. Mm-hmm. And so and they're saying that the the investigation, the allegation, I'm sorry, was unfounded. And if anybody deserves an apology, it's the sheriff's officer. If he would have had his bar card on him and proper identification, this would have never happened. Well, how would it never happen if you're asking to see his bar card and his identification for no reason? Right. And then to add insult to injury, whoever it is that is a chairperson of the NAACP in that county says, we're pleased with the investigation. What? What? How are you pleased with the investigation when the man was wrongly accused of being something that he wasn't and the only thing that he was and really detained being, right and the only thing that he was really being was being black and so you as an organization who is for the advancement of black people you're okay mm-hmm. with that mm-hmm. national association for the advancement mm-hmm. of colored people so i'm just saying we need we we really truly do need i you know what i I don't mean to cut you off but we really truly need leadership in the black community and that's not just one specific person it's not like oh we need a martin luther king we need a malcolm x to be able to flourish we don't you know all of those organizations started at grassroots with with Mm -hmm. people just coming together and doing something Mm -hmm. but we need leadership and whether that be leadership from the top down or from the bottom up i don't know but we need leadership more people to really kind of see what's going on, you know, acknowledge what's going on and then do something about it as far as their actions are concerned with what is going on. You can't be that blinded that you are talking about, oh, you're okay. You can't be a part of just wanting to get by. You can't be a part of wanting to be in the status quo. You can't do any of that. Clearly the man was harassed and arrested. And he was not arrested but he was detained like you stopped him from going about his business to make him prove who he was after the case you were not the judge the case was already heard and already ruled on but he was leaving right and that's the type of stuff that we have to go through we have to prove who we are you know what i'm saying like you ain't walking down the street proving who you are and who the hell is walking down the street with their bar car on their forehead like hey don't uh, Detain me. I'm a lawyer. It's ridiculous. I wouldn't apologize to that damn man. Mm. Who do they think that they are? And then when you put them in a position of power, like a police officer, it's really like, who do you think that you are? It's this is ridiculous. This kind of stuff just makes me so angry. Clearly. It just does. Clearly. It really does. So the other case that there's an update in is the uh, AKA prostitution ring. Remember from Fort Valley State University in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, so one woman and six men were arrested. And a lot of people were posting on social media like this was big news, like they hadn't heard it before. But this case broke a while back. Well, we're in the microwave society, so it's like here today and going tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. I don't remember what you was what what case was you know in the I news mean, it was six a baby, months ago. It was a pretty big thing, but anyway. So now the woman has officially been arrested and charged. Um, they're all they're the leader, leader. yes. Okay. Um, and so in our on our YouTube video of this week's podcast, I'm going to put the pictures in because they have some mug shots up. <laughs> of the woman 
and the six men who were arrested in the case. And some of the men were, um, they were educators, they were attorneys, they were engineers, and none of them could pay me enough to have sex with them. I just, I was like, man, that's probably why they had to pay. No, yeah. money talks. You mean, you could look like... I'm Listen, listen, listen. I, first a of all, dog like, yes, face. yes, money talks, but that's why you had to pay. That's my point. Yeah. That's why you had to pay. Mm. Because when you talk about, you always talk about Flavor Flav. Flavor Flav may not be handsome to some, but Flavor Flav is like charismatic and funny and chill. And you could be like, ah, Flav. And you know, you can get chill. You know what I mean? Somebody can. Yeah, I guess. I was about but to say. These dudes, these dudes have looks and it looks like their personality just, yeah, like they have to pay. Mm. Like they don't have any other options. Wait, so were these the men, the men that got arrested, were they the Johns? Some, or were they a part of the ring too? They were, some were arrested for soliciting sex. And I think three of them were, they'd say that they were a part of the ring because they had, like they were hiring them for parties and all kinds of stuff like that. So they supported the whole prostitution type thing. They weren't just the tricks. Yeah, I'm going to catch 22 with this whole story because I, I feel like it prostitution, it should be legal. I think it's like marijuana, make it legal. And there, you know, people are doing it. And for real, for real, as soon as white people know how to tax it and make some money off of it, it's going to become legal because look at marijuana. People are sitting in jail and in prisons for all of their lives for weed. And now you have white people coming along and it's a billion dollar industry when, you know, in reality, it's been a billion dollar industry. People been doing it. And so I just feel like prostitution is, is truly like one of the, what they say, the oldest profession in the world. Right. And, and so it's, it's like, people are going to do it. And here's the thing. There are cases of prostitution, like human trafficking, that not saying that that part of it should be legal mm -hmm. at all. You know, people mm -hmm. being kidnapped and forced into something, mm -hmm. that's totally different. But for people mm -hmm. who choose, you know, like I wake up one day and I say, mm -hmm. you know what, today I, uh, I'm going to make me some money. And mm -hmm. this is what I choose to do in that, you know, mm -hmm. find a way to regulate it in some kind of way. And let people make the decisions that they want to make. I just I, you and know, that and that catch twenty two for me because that other piece plays in it. Like because you know that people are uh, being forced into it, you know. Mm -hmm. But I'm talking about for the people like a stripper. You want to be right. a stripper? But here, here's the here's the thing of why why um, I don't see prostitution ever becoming legal, and I think that it should not be legal mm -hmm. because. Even while it's illegal, even if you don't, if you're not a commercial sex worker or you don't work in the sex industry, we victimize victims. Right. You know, we criminalize and we victimize the victims. Mm -hmm. So it's already difficult for a woman to prove a rape case. Right. You know, to do anything like that. So if I am a prostitute and it's illegal. And then I have a transaction and I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. Will my no ever mean anything? Never. 
Because, no, it because it doesn't mean anything now. First of all, that's that, what I was going to say, and that's the bad mean, so part about it. Because you, right, so you ahead. can't. You're not. You're not going to be able to draw the line, and that's why it should remain illegal. Not that there's any shame, because my thing is, if that's what you want to do, get yours. You know what I mean? And, and no judgment to anyone. Right. But our no means nothing now. Yeah. And can you imagine if you made it legal and they say, oh, well, she a prostitute anyway. Like, she can't say no. Mm. You know, that's just like telling me I can't call out of work. I ain't coming. Well, that's probably the reason why I feel like in a way it should be regulated some kind of way. You know what I'm saying? But how? then it would be like, how? Exactly. And that's probably why it's not legal yet, because folks haven't found a way to be able to regulate it in a certain kind of way. Because I feel like if they had, it would be. Right. I'm just saying, no, and it is legal some places. It's legal Where? some places. It's the cat house. What is it called? The cat house in, in Nevada? It's um, not. A lot of people think prostitution is legal in Las Vegas, but it is not. Right. Um. Um. Uh, but there is. What is it called? Isn't it called the Cat House? It's the the Bunny Ranch. The Bunny Ranch. Whatever in Nevada, it's legal there. Like Amsterdam, they have the red light district and things like that. So it is legal some places. However, I just think that it would be something that's almost impossible to regulate, especially in you know uh, proving assault cases and rape cases and things like that, because they already do that to women now. Mm-hmm. You know, and and even men, men get sexually assaulted, and then who are they going to tell? They don't tell. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that's why um, sex for hire won't be legal. Um, but I was just, I read, I read the article about the arrest, and I'm just looking out. And my first thing was, yeah, I don't think I could ever do it because like you still got to look like something, even if you're paying me. You know what I mean? Gotta have some kind of personality, some kind of vibe. Well, vibe. when you, yeah, but when you in that kind of, when you're doing that, like, you ain't thinking about nobody having no personality or no looks or... First of all, maybe if you are, if you are addicted to substances, maybe not, but like, if you... Got I don't think like a prostitute that just, no, I don't even think that a person that chooses to do that, that chooses to do that because we don't know yet but the people that were alleged in this prostitution ring that the AKA girl was running, they weren't um, forced into it allegedly, right? We don't know. I mean, it's, that right. hasn't come out yet. Right. So you can't, when you choose to do that kind of work, you can't, I mean, what kind of, you can, st- you can have some kind of stipulations, I guess. Exactly. Yourself, but not like, oh, you know what? I ain't going to get no money because I might not get an attractive guy this week, or I might not get a, a guy that has charisma this week. Like if you in it because you're trying to get some money, which is the reason why you should be in it, then you ain't, you can't be thinking about that. You might say, never even get if, no guy that's even if you in it, even if you in it for the money. Everybody can't be a yes. I'm sorry. No, everybody can't. Everybody yes. can't. What I'm saying that. is, is that like if you if for the month, if you don't if you don't get nobody that you are physically attracted to, or that you sit down and you have five seconds of a conversation and you like, oh, you got charisma, you just gonna be broke the month. No, them bills don't. They ain't having that. Let me tell you something. When I looked at these dudes, I was like, "Ain't no way in the world you couldn't." That's why your ass ain't out there being in the AKA ring because you got too many um. Uh -uh, Uh -uh, That ain't gonna work for me. You gotta be out there like, all right, come on, John. Double. 
John as in John. (laughs) (laughs) Pun intended. So anyway, I mean, so that's just that. But, you know, I'm going to put them on the YouTube video, too, of this week's podcast, because they are just not not lookers, honey. Like what I tell you, they are not lookers. Well, we know what you won't be doing for a living. (laughs) Clearly. Clearly. Now, you know I love London. (laughs) <laughs> Love London town. And you know, I do not you know, like okay, but go I, ahead. But I've, you know, I've been to London like three times. Every time I had a great I time. Mean, no, I don't want to say that. I, let me take that back. It's not that I don't like the UK, but the people who I've had experience with in the from the UK at my job, they've just been so damn rude that it just makes me just not like all of their asses. But I, I, I like people from the UK. Well, you know, I love London. Love it. Always had a great time in London. Um... So there is a grocery store chain in London called Waitrose. And Waitrose has, for the spring holiday, they have marketed together in a fancy little display box, um, trio of chocolate ducklings. Mm -hmm. You know how we have like the peeps, you know, Mm -hmm. they have this trio of chocolate ducklings. They have a white chocolate duckling. They have a milk chocolate duckling and they have a dark chocolate duckling and a nice little display box for the spring holiday. Well, they are apologizing because there's outrage because they named the ducklings. This is the name of the packaging of the ducklings? The name of the package is Trio of Chocolate Ducklings. That's the oh, name okay. of the package. Right. But they named each duckling. They named the white chocolate duckling. They named the milk chocolate duckling. And they named the dark chocolate duckling. Now, podcast family, I need you to be sitting down. I need you to remain calm. If you're driving, pause now. Pull over. Resume or, you know, get to work, resume when you get there and you're sitting down because you ain't going to believe this. Are you ready for the names? Mm -hmm. The white chocolate duckling is named Fluffy. The milk chocolate duckling is named Crispy. And the dark chocolate duckling is named Ugly. (laughs) I don't know why you're laughing. (laughs) what (laughs) they would like to apologize for the trio of chocolate ducklings white chocolate milk chocolate dark chocolate named fluffy crispy and ugly respectively (laughs) i got nothing i'm sorry i don't mean to laugh but Again, the sheer audacity that you would have. First of all, Who why did you name the ducklings? Right. You like, already, it was already called a trio of chocolate ducklings. Okay, it's a trio of chocolate ducklings. When I go in the store, I'm going to be like, can I have a trio of chocolate ducklings? Nowhere in there am I going to say, you know what I want today? Fluffy, crispy, and ugly. <laughs> Or today, I'm only eating fluffy. Tomorrow, I'm eating crispy. And then the next day, I'm eating ugly. Or when somebody comes over your house, you like, you want to taste fluffy or you want crispy? But no, I'm saving the best for last. Ugly. What the hell? 
I just, first of all, in my uh, humble opinion, there's absolutely positively no apology acceptable for this. Like absolutely positively none. Because even if you don't have diversity and inclusion on your marketing staff or whatever, even 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 all white people know this is wrong. Well, like, fluffy, crispy, and ugly. Come on now. Even even if even first of all, to name them, period, mm-hmm. is an F in marketing one on one. Right. You know what I mean? It's named trio of chocolate ducklings, and that should be fine. So even naming them, period, even if you would have named them fluffy, fluffier, fluffiest, it doesn't matter. Naming it, period, is an F in marketing 101. But to name it fluffy, crispy, and ugly, like, I don't care who you are. There's no apology acceptable for that. Now, I can't boycott Waitrose because I don't live there. I don't shop there no way. Right. But... I mean, come on. And well, it's not about it at this point. It's what we've said in the past, and I'm sticking with it. And more and more examples are coming out of it. It's just the, people are doing this on purpose. It's on purpose. It's to get a rise out of people. You know, it's really one of those things like all press is good press. Mm-hmm. And at this point, they are using the outrage as a marketing tool. You know, it's, 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 it's at this point, it, it is like the team is going in, sitting at the table and saying, okay, pitch me your best idea. And then they're saying, Hey, let's do, you know, the trio chocolate uh, ducklings we put out every year. Okay. Yeah. Let's do that fluffy, crispy, and ugly. And then a a person is like, oh my goodness, that'll really get the people going. And then we'll get the outrage and then we'll get the apology, but it'll turn eyes to us. And then more and more people will buy the trio trio shop here. And even if they don't buy that because you pull it off of the shelf, you know, it's just like the Gucci thing. You pull the blackface sweater off of the shelf. Okay, cool. It costs you nothing. It costs you a dollar to make. It costs you, you'd selling them for $1,200. You pull it off the shelf, but now you got more eyes on Gucci. So now I'm Mm -hmm. on the website and I'm like, damn, that pocket look cute. And then I'm Mm -hmm. buying that. You get the outrage for a minute. They know that you live in a microwave society where people are here today and going tomorrow mad today on to the next thing, the next hour. And so these are marketing tools, mm. point blank, period. I agree. Fluffy, mm-hmm. crispy, and ugly, huh? Mm-hmm. I wonder how you choose which one you want to eat. I'm only taking the head off of ugly because I'm saving for the white is the white chocolate is my favorite. Like what the hell is wrong with people? Yeah, I, I got nothing. I, I just thought that was like absolutely asinine. Who else did some shit? Well, the state of Washington, the Department of Corrections in the state of Washington has now banned books for prisoners. Mm-mm-mm. Books of any kind? So, you know, prisoners lobby to get libraries in the prisons and then they were like, well, we're not going to spend money on that. So a lot of the prisoners, what they did was they wrote organizations to try to get books to keep them educated, keep, you know, help the time pass. So now Washington state is saying that they can no longer receive any book donations from these organizations that have supplied them with books for 46 years since they've been supplying books since 1973 without one incident 
um, inmates have been receiving books from these organizations. And now the state of Washington says we can no longer receive books. And here's why. Because they don't have enough staff to work the mail rooms to look through the books and make sure that they're appropriate for inmates and check them for contraband. So after 46 years of donating books and he, the person, um, the executive director of the organization books for prisoners was saying after 46 years of donating books without incident, now we're all of a sudden going to start transporting contraband. Right. Can like your family still send you books? Because most prisons now, they only allow books. So it used to be where you could send your people books, just Mm -hmm. like I got a book laying around and I'm going to mail it to the prison and I'm going to give it to my brother. Mm -hmm. Now you have to have books delivered from a certain place. Most of the times it has to be, well, these days it has to be Amazon. So the prisoners have um, contracts with Amazon. They have Mm -hmm. since cut the little man out just like Amazon is doing. So the local bookstores and stuff like that where you used to send books, you can't anymore. It has to be from Amazon. So can they still do that? If um, If they do that's considered like regular mail and there's a delay in getting them to the inmate because like they said that there's not enough staff in the mail room. They're working with a shortage of employees and they can't check to see if the material is approved for an inmate and does not have contraband. And this is how you know that the prison system is modern day slavery because you don't have a shortage of prisoners at all. At and all. You have a shortage of people that you want to pay to oversee the prisoners and and or do work that can benefit the prisoners because and then another thing is is this when you take away stuff like that in prisons you don't do anything but make prisons worse if you are a person that used a book to get by you know pass the time occupy your mind so that you won't um deal with the fact that you are in prison then what do they have to do nothing but get into more trouble or get into trouble period it is their attempt to keep us ignorant. Uh, literacy has been proven to decrease the rate of recidivism. And just like you said, our prisons are full. They're busting at the seams. And we know that people of color are disproportionately sentenced to prison time than our white counterparts. And we know this to be true. And we know that many of the inmates resort to a life of crime because of their inability to read, you know, their lack of education. Or their lack of programming, their their lack of anything. And their resources. Now, they have said for years on end, those standardized tests, every time uh, of minority student scores a certain level or lower on one of those standardized tests in the third grade, they create more prison cells. Right. It's, for prison them. To, it's a plan. It's, it's school it's to school prison, to prison pipeline. pipeline. Right. It's a so real thing. In order to, it's just another ploy to keep people incarcerated, mm-hmm. literally, mm-hmm. for the rest of their life. 
Mm-hmm. It's an excuse and it's unacceptable. They have started petitions, but this is going to need some uh, policy changing, some marching on the Capitol. Um, some something is really going to have to happen. And unfortunately, it's going to have to be the people who care about the inmates, the families, the friends, the loved ones of the inmates to do that because they can't protest on their own behalf. Yeah. And they can't protest behind a wall. And the sad thing about it is in even thinking about this is this is going to be passed down. This is going to be adopted by other states. Exactly. You know, this is starting out with, oh, the organization can give them books and Mm -hmm. it's going to eventually go to them just not being able to receive books, period. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's going to turn into from Washington state and go across the United States. And then the next thing you know, it's not going to be any states that's going to be allowing books into prisons. You already took away programming, you know, you already took away GED programming or um, programming that they learn a trade for when they get out. You know, they say that it is a rehabilitation and it really truly is not, you know, they want to keep you a criminal so that you could keep coming back. And that is just a sad ass thing. Like a books, books, But you know what? Before we get out of here, today was the funeral of uh, the late, great Nipsey Hussle. Mm -hmm. The family allowed for them to broadcast the funeral that was held in the Staples Center. And the last time they had a funeral at the Staples Center was Michael Jackson. And I mean, Mm -hmm. we all know what Michael Jackson has done for music and entertainment. And so it was a really big deal for their family to even say, you know what, we want the people who are supportive of Nipsey to be able to see uh, the funeral being broadcast. And the funeral, I watched it all day. And it just, it was, it reminded me of when Whitney Houston's funeral was um, Mm -hmm. being televised. Mm -hmm. I cried like a baby the whole funeral. Because, you know, Whitney Houston, it was like, I was was like my aunt. That's what I was going to say. I really felt like I was Deja in front was of was in my here aunt. crying, right? And I mean, it was, my eyes were not dry the whole time. And it was the same thing with the Nipsey Hustles of, of funeral. It was the same thing. All day, I just had a tear in my eye. And, and more of a tear of positivity, more of a tear of, wow, look how this man really just touched the lives of people. But I brought this up because... Nipsey Hussle's mother mm-hmm. really spoke to me at this funeral, mm-hmm. really before the funeral. So during the weekend, she, you know, somebody filmed her and she came out with a video mm-hmm. and she was just talking about the peace that she has with losing her son. And she was telling the fans, like, if I could feel the peace that I have right now, and this was my child, then mm-hmm. you should be able to feel that peace too. And she was just talking about how death is going to come mm-hmm. and we have to prepare ourselves mm-hmm. for death, but we have to really focus on the life that the person mm-hmm. lived when they were here. And then today, Lauren London, which was his girlfriend, she said something that really resonated with me too. She talked about, um, you know, Nipsey told her that you don't possess people, that you experience them mm-hmm. and then you have to let them go, you know, and just the peace 
that the family had, it really got me to thinking like, not thinking like, oh, if they can experience that peace, if I lose somebody, then, you know, I can experience that too. I was like, wow, I was really in awe of it Mm -hmm. because I know like as a person, I don't have that. I never feel settled or okay with uh, one of my loved ones Mm -hmm. leaving. And so to see that, I just was like, wow, it it got me to thinking. It got me to thinking about faith as well. You know, you have to have a strong ass faith to be able to be okay with burying your child. Because as a parent, you don't think that you're going bury your kid. You think your kid is going to bury you. Absolutely. You know, and just to know that, like, I feel faithful enough that my son's work here was done mm-hmm. and that I can let him go mm-hmm. and be at peace with it. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was amazing to watch. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, it was, it really was, you know, um, I did. Well, I mean, I'm, I was working, so um, I didn't yeah. see any. I was of, a funeral of the service, mm-hmm. but um, I did get to hear her remarks that she made over the weekend, and um, and you talked about faith. It really was what she said was so profound, and she showed great strength. And we do talk about that. Like I've lost a parent and it's devastating. It really is devastating. It's difficult. But I think my devastation wasn't in just in the fact that I lost my mother. It was because everybody is, you know, just as sure as you were born, you are going to die. You know, you are. And, um, and that's just, you know, it's, it's how it is. But with in my instance, even though she was my parent and not my child, I just felt like my mom was stronger than that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so that kind of made it difficult. And it was all like kind of like a more of a selfish thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think that's what it is all the time when we lose it's people. It's more a of a selfish, selfish thing. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you talk about that strength and that faith. I remember when I was in college, my freshman year of college, and one of our assignments in this English class, the teacher asked us, if you had one wish for the world, what would it be and why? And we had to write a paper and um, on like towards the end of the class, we, everybody had to go up and share their one wish in like five minutes or less and the reason why. And one of my classmates, Jacidi, he said, if I had one wish for the world, I would wish that everyone had something or someone to believe in higher than themselves. Mm. You know, because when we talk about faith, because we're Christians, what our faith is, you know, in our belief in the gospel of Jesus Christ, but everybody doesn't have that. Mm. But it's, it's whatever you have, it's that faith. And if you're going to have that faith, you have to not just possess it. Like if you have a Maybach, it's not, all right, you have one, but you have to actually, you have to drive it mm-hmm. in order to enjoy what comes along with it. And to me, that's the strength that Nipsey Hussle's mother showed mm-hmm. that her faith was in action. And mm-hmm. she had peace. And in essence, what she said was true. And what he said was true. 
that, you know, we don't own people. We're, they're not ours, whether they're our children or our parents. And we have this innate selfishness to say, oh, that's mine. That's mine. I love them. They were mine. But really, all you can do is experience Mm-hmm. people and um especially with that parent child relationship we really feel possessive on both ends of yeah. the spectrum we feel very possessive about that but they do not belong to us mm-hmm. and it was a great exercise in her faith to have such peace now does that peace mean that she's not grieving absolutely not oh no she absolutely 100% is some people don't understand why she, how she could say that. And that, that it doesn't mean that she's not grieving, mm-hmm. you know, but it means that she is exercising her, her faith in such a way that she can receive, you know, some peace. Yeah. And I think that she, like, she also so spoke on this and this was a way that I felt like it is well, because I know that what he came here to do he did it you know what i'm saying tenfold and so i was i had tweeted that out today and i was thinking that as i was watching the service like i hope that the passing of nipsey hustle really just lit a fire under people Mm -hmm. not just like you said to have faith but to 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 do good works while you're here. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Really do Mm -hmm. good works while you're here and live your life in a way that when you aren't here, somebody can say, well, they did good works. You know what I'm saying? And I think that she knew, not that I even think she did know that her son did what he set out to do. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Now, was he finished? No. But as they kept saying, the marathon continues. And so I, I, I want that even for us and for our listeners, like, let it continue. If let this boy's death be a lesson that we got work to do, you know what I'm saying? Because he was so strong, just looking at the outpouring of it, you know, this society really is like, you could die today and, and in an hour, people be like, so what you doing tomorrow? Right. You know, they don't even care. But mm-hmm. the way that he is being received mm-hmm. and the way that his message is coming mm-hmm. across, like the really the message of community, you know, we talk about that a lot, our community, our community, our community. I want us to gain that even in our community, like peace mm-hmm. in our community, gain back the excellence in our community and sh- and show the strength, not just in death, but in life that like even that his mother um, mm-hmm. is showing. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. It this this thing really hit me in a way that I wouldn't expect it to mm-hmm. hit me. You know what I'm saying? Well, I- thinking. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, quick. Finish, finish your thought. Because you know that I experience a lot of um, anxiety and stuff like that when it comes mm-hmm. down to my own mom, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 what she has going on and her being sick and you know, well today, sick tomorrow, you know that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And and so it, it's crazy that it took a, a death of a celebrity or the mother of a celebrity to even spark something in me that said. Focus on what this person is doing now. Mm-hmm. Focus on this person living now. Get some peace, mm-hmm. understanding, and faith in your own life mm-hmm. of what's going on now and stop thinking about what could happen or what is going to happen and start living like for today. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
Wow. So two things. One, in his works, his mother was right. He he did the work that was assigned to him. Mm. It was his assignment and he fulfilled his assignment. And look at the recognition in the fact that the actual city said we're going to open up the Staples Center to him Mm -hmm. because other famous people have died and they didn't have a Mm -hmm. service for them in the Staples Center. So that's, that speaks volumes in itself. Um, and, and, and the other thing is, you know, and you say this a lot. My mom used to say it all the time. And I tell people all the time, they say, oh, do you ever go? I've never been to a cemetery because my mom never took us to cemeteries to visit people. Like after the service was over, that was it. Mm-hmm. And my mom would always say, and you say it too, give me my flowers now while mm-hmm. I live. And I'm just, you know, because I know you. You know, I know you on a personal level and on an intimate level. And I know that you do everything you can for your mom. Mm-hmm. Eat, you know, everything you possibly can for her so that even when, like, and I even experienced with Adasia when she was home. And I was just looking at her like, wow, because in, in raising whatever relationship you have with someone, when you're giving, all that you have, you can be at, at peace. peace. You can mm-hmm. be at peace knowing that I gave both my children mm-hmm. every opportunity that I felt they should have. I fought tooth and nail, you know, because my children are going to have this same opportunity. Now, what they do with it is on them. Right. But I want to make sure that my children have the same opportunities as others. If they have an interest in anything, I'm going to support and I want to make sure that they have a seat at the table. I'm going to do all I can. Mm-hmm. So whether she was successful or not, I'm at peace mm-hmm. knowing that I did all I could do. And you should have peace because you do far way above and beyond. Like, everything a daughter can possibly do for a mother. And I'm feeling that mother's peace, knowing that she loved her son into who he was, mm-hmm. you know, and that is faith in action, whatever her faith was, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That is faith in action. And that is what gives you the peace in a, a rough situation. I mm-hmm. know my faith got me through a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. And I know I learned a lot in a lot of shit because mm-hmm. Of mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So yeah, that's, oof. that was good. <laughs> that was feeling like get ready to start feeling like a sermon. I was getting yeah. ready to say, you want to give, you want to pass the collection plate or something, <laughs> you know? But, but no, it was, it was, it was really a a great service. Like we said last week, and we'll say it again this week, rest in peace to him. And we hope that all his fans and even whatever you're going through, that you gain some peace and lean on your faith to get you through 
whatever it is that you got going on. And with that, we're going to go ahead and get on out of here for this week. We hope that you enjoyed this week's episode. We surely enjoyed giving it to you. Remember that an all new episode drops each and every Monday and you can find us anywhere where you can listen to your free podcast. As Babi said in the beginning, we are on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at We Did That Shit. You can follow me on my personal Twitter. It's MyMy13. That's M-Y-M-Y-1-3. And I'm at Babi Amina. That's B-I-B-B-I-A-M-I-N-A. Yeah, we'll be here same time next week. Remember, be great this week. Do that shit. I love you, Maya. Love you, too. (laughs) So excited.